570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Peter, the Big Friday Show on AM570 LA Sports. As you head into the weekend, make sure you have the free iHeartRadio app downloaded. If you don't have it, you're not living in this century. Get the app. Get it. Podcast the show every day. Kevin puts it up the minute we get off the air. And if you have the app, wherever you go, you can stream the show live. So many people. Earlier in the week, I was at a restaurant in Orange County. I'll tell you the name of the restaurant. Javier's. Javier's. In Newport Beach. Okay. Okay. And uh, standing there, getting ready to go in, and the manager comes up and he goes, hey, aren't you working tonight? His name is Manny. I said, no, Manny, I'm off tonight. He says, "Uh, I got to tell you something. I used to be a driver, and I listened to the radio show every single day. Every day. And Manny was listening on the app, like many of our drivers do and our, our mail carriers do. Yes. Listen on the app. So get the app, stream the show wherever you go, and if you miss any part of it, please check out the podcast each and every day. Now to wrap up the week, I, I have no idea what the haiku will be because every day it's been a little different this week. It's been a smorgasbord. Yeah. A la carte, a potpourri. if you will. Yes. Potpourri. We welcome on Vic the Brick with the daily haiku at 2. And Vic, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, Fred. And what did you have at Javier's? Thanks for asking. I had this chicken. It was terrific. <laughs> so good. Con mucho gusto. Si. He's a little flummoxed by the wacky SC spread up in Corvallis. A little bit. Rodney Pete. Vitty <sighs> Pete. The media has defamed me. <laughs> Why? We just hadn't had that one in a while. Why? I actually like that one. The media has defamed me. I don't like that one. My mistake. I don't like that one. I love that one. Relentless in his pursuit. Of Passioni Corazon. His content is off the hook. It's Kevin Figgis. Come on now. Kevin's been great. Todos los dias, todos los noches. And he signed, sealed, and delivered. He's ours. I'm yours. Ronnie Fascio. A villain, you king flavor. Listen, if Justin Herbert's questionable, bottom line, can Chase Daniel beat a pretty good Jacksonville team? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I like that one. That was good timing. Am I wrong? I mean, Jacksonville is, they're a decent team. Didn't they? They shut out the Colts, right? Yeah, they shut them out. Shut them down. Shut them out. 
That's a dangerous game for the Bulls. No dangerous game. Dangerous game. It's going to be a tight game. Because I believe you, you, you can't push Justin if he's, if he's questionable. You can't, push, you can't push him into the game. No. no. Am, am I right, Rodney? If you were, if you were right. listed as questionable. No. You don't want to. Coming into a weekend. Not this. Not this. Not this. You're, you're down, right? Right. So, so say hello to Chase Daniel. Right. Say hello to Chase Daniel. And it'll be there fine. There you go. I mean, he's not Justin Herbert. It's going to be a tough game. I still like the Bulls. Close game. Yeah, I like them too. And Keenan Allen is still questionable, I believe, with the hamstring. Yeah. Yeah, that. but, you know, let's just get everybody right, Vic. Get everybody right, get everybody healthy. It's a long, crazy, wacky season. Yes. And have you guys been watching the sumo tournament from Japan? Fred, I know you threw down some highlights last night. You know I did, Vic. Before we get to that crazy, crazy move, Wakataka Kage had a giant victory. You know, we're on day 12, so we've got three days left. Wakataka Kage. Yes. That Matador move, very impressive last night, Vic. I'll get to that in a moment, Fred. I do want to emphasize Wakataka Kage had an eight-game, or an eight-match winning streak stopped by Takayasu the Bear, Wakataka Kake. It was a Hikiyotoshi slapdown yeah. by Takayasu. So with through 12, Wakataka Kage is 8 and 4, the Bears 9 and 3. One match back of your leader Tamawashi, who leads everybody at 10. Wakataka Kage. Hey Vic, do you think I'm butchering those names on TV? Not at all. No, you do. Very good job, Fred. Succinct and correct. So here's the match that's got the sumo world going nuts. Hokuto Fuji. Yes. And Takakesho. Yes. Takakesho is an elite Richie. He's one of the upper level guys. Okay. And he pulls the Olay move. In, in the beginning of the match when they collide in that giant collision of 300 pound mammoth men. But instead of colliding, Takakesho took the step back like the Matador Olay. And Hokoto Fuji, you know, just with his momentum, lost the match as he ran, you know, basically ran out of the ring. After like two seconds, he's out of the ring. Wakatakakake. The fans hate this move. There are rare screams from the cheap seats. Yo, Takakesho! Taka this! You want to run with the Bulls? Go to Pamplona! The fans were furious. Wakataka Kake. The sumo fans demand a high level of sumo, not cheap tricks to win a match. Yeah! It's frowned upon by the top rankers. But Taka took the cheap win. I was very disappointed. It was fun to watch. Not really. We showed it. It was great. It was hilarious. It wasn't fun to watch, Vic? Not at all. Well, no, if you really care about sumo, but if, you, if you're if you just watching it kind of to see what it is, 
It was great. It taints the sport, Fred. Guy took a step, and the other guy ran right out of the ring. He <laughs> did like an Olay? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? It was the Olay. Oh, wow. He just ran out of the ring. That, because, that even interested the people on the set with me. They started laughing. <laughs> he said, that's not that's not good, huh, Vic? That's not kosher? It's not kosher. Well, but those guys don't eat kosher, Vic, so. That's okay. But it, it's a move that disappoints me, exasperates me, because I I believe in the pure sport of sumo. The sacred, you know, it's thousands of years old. And... To, to do a bogus move like that mm. really brings us brings the sport down because you want that, that early collision sets the tone for the match. Yeah. So again, Takakesho, suck it up. Go into a period of reflection before you come back to your next match because that is so uncalled for. Yeah. Hey, listen, you're paying big money to see you know, two guys go at it and perform a higher form of sumo, Fred. Not some, you know, ridiculous matador move. No, I understand oh. that. But you got to be ready for anything, Vic. That's true. Maybe Are you he ready? has a defensive style there, Vic. Maybe he's like the Floyd Mayweather of uh, sumo. Oh. His, the options, his objective is not to get hit. Or fighting without fighting. Exactly. Then why enter the dojo? There's different styles, right? Styles make fights, or is that is that does that not apply in sumo, Vic? It applies in sumo, absolutely, because everyone has their different styles. You know, the pushing and the thrusting, or the use of the mawashi, absolutely. Right, A lot so of maybe, different, so different the, styles. The roadrunner style—that's his style. Catch me if you can. Yeah. Roadrunner. Ah, I like it. Well, the fans went nuts. <laughs> you know, run with the Bulls, Takakesho. <laughs> <laughs> run with yeah. the Bulls? Run with the Bulls if you're going to pull uh, that stunt. That would go, yeah, that would work really well, Vic, if he ran with the Bulls. I'm sure he'd be able to outrun the Bulls. He'd probably wrestle the Bulls down. That would be some That would be some contact right there. A yeah. sumo wrestle versus a charging bull. Yeah, that would be contact in the after the of bull. Pamplona, Spania, absolutely. Yeah, after the bull gored him. Well, I, you never know, Fred, on the streets of Pamplona what goes down. As again, you don't know what's going to go down in the dojo on a nightly basis. That's what makes it so riveting and so so passionate and so such a beautiful sport. Can we give it up for Mookie Betts? Mookie. Mookie, Mookie, Mookie. I love Mookie. What's not to love, Vic? You're telling me. I mean, he, he didn't. He, he, he sat out the entire game last night. Yeah. Until the ninth. He lined that shot, man. Just lined it. But, you know, whenever I see Reyes Moranta on the other hill, I feel pretty good. I know the Dodgers would never have let go of Moranta, the, you know, the, uh, the big Dominican. Yeah. But I knew when I saw Moranta, we had a shot. This guy keeps getting picked up by people, and then they get rid of him. He has good stuff. I mean, they all do. Let's face it, major league level stuff. But Vic, it's amazing how that third strike is so elusive. Is there in baseball? Yeah. You get yeah. guys two strikes, but that wacky third strike, man. It's it's so tough. 
it's just an incredible art, that third strike. I mean, it's an un unbelievable. Vic, let me ask you a question. When you think about it, who do you really love? I love Tittle. Well, growing up, I was a big YA Tittle fan. New York football giants, no doubt. But now I love Moki. <laughs> you, you don't share that same love for Daniel Jones then, huh, Vic, is what I'm gathering. Vic, Vic let me ask you a question. <laughs> I'm more love for Grace Jones than I do for Grace, Daniel Jones. Hey, hey, Grace Jones now. Vic, who do you love more? Do you love Moki more or do you love Tittle more? I love Tittle. Well, Tittle shaped my childhood as a quarterback for the New York football giants. But in the moment and in the future, I'm just loving Mookie. Okay. Oh, no! All right. You know, you know forgotten in the in the ninth inning rally, Yeah. C Cody Bellinger had a be beautiful double that set the stage, you know, for Mookie. Yeah. You know, and, and, Munc and Muncie's two-strike contact, that ground, that ground single, uh, that was just a, a fabulous rally by the Dodgers. But... You know, give it up for Bellinger. He, you know he's going to find the way. This is his month, man. Playoff time is belly time. And you can see Belly's, Belly's stroke last night in the ninth inning was fabulous. That, that was a sensational uh, double to ignite the uh, festivities. So I want to give it up for Bellinger. You know, forgotten in, in the rally. You know, setting the table, moving it forward. You know, for Muncie and, of course, uh, you know, the Muncie slow roller. Yes, I'm with you on Kimbrel, man. It's crazy when he comes. Is he gonna? Let's face it. You can't put Kimbrel out at this point with confidence in a tight game in the playoffs. So who would close? No. I mean, who would close if you, if if Kimbrel doesn't get it together the last couple weeks with an impressive you know string of relief appearances? Who is going to close? Trinan's not there. You know, Trinan. Let's face it. It's shaky. We don't know what's going to happen with you know with Trinan down the stretch. Vessia. Uh, Bazooka's back, which is great. Bazooka. Bazooka's back because I have Bazooka back. Uh, David Price should be back. Good news on on the Catman Tony Gonsolin, but Trinan's such a tremendous pitcher. So it's it's very shaky with Trinan. You know we're in pins and needles with uh, with uh, with with Trinan. Yes. So who, who would close? Would it, would it be Evan Phillips? You know, it been might saying be. For a month. That is a, that is a question that we must ponder throughout the weekend because yes, it all brings us back to the haiku. Yes, exactly. Haiku Fred. time. Haiku. Native American Heritage Night. Okay. At the stadium tonight, and in honor of the Native Americans, of a haiku from Red Cloud. Yes. Oh, Red Cloud. He was a chief of the Sioux tribe. Okay. This haiku for you this Friday. September the 23rd. I am poor and naked, but I am the chief of the nation. We do not want riches, but we do want to train our children well. Riches would do us no good. We could not take them with us to the other world. We do not want riches. Good God. We want peace and love. I'm feeling you, Red Cloud. Okay, Red Cloud. Brilliant. Okay. I love Tittle. No, I know you do. And uh, I, I think he also wants clothes, Vic, because he's walking around naked. Yeah, he is. Red Cloud. 
brilliant wisdom from Red Cloud. Native American wisdom night at the stadium. Yeah, we, we got it fixed. In the first place, Dodgers take on the St. Louis Cardinals tonight. First pitch, 7 o'clock. As Vince mentioned, Native American Heritage Night is brought to you by Metro. Celebrating the real MVPs of Los Angeles are bus operators. Listen to every game on AM570, LA Sports. Vic, have a good weekend. All right, when we come back, let's break down the football games, Rodney. We'll break down uh, the Raider game, the Ram game, and the Charger game. And get everybody ready for Sunday. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM570, LA Sports. I'm trying to put you in the worst mood. Uh, P1 cleaner than your church shoes. Uh, really point to just to hurt you. Uh, All right, welcome back. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan on a fabulous We Don't Care Friday. Let's get after it, Fred. We got a big weekend. We got a big weekend. Let's go, baby. I know we do, and we don't care. It's Friday, but we will care on Sunday. When the NFL kicks off once again. So let's really look at the games coming up this weekend, Rodney. Oh, and yeah. let's start with the games here. We'll also touch on the Raiders. But uh, let's go Rams and Cardinals. Now, I was ready to write off the Cardinals until uh, Kyler Murray did his thing. And then I thought, uh-oh, this could be a problem for the Rams. And the Rams haven't looked exceptionally sharp in either game. So when you look at this game, what do you see? Well, I, I see a, a Rams team that doesn't quite have the identity like they've had like they had last year um the identity with with the rams was we're going to run the football we're going to be balanced and then we're going to hit you with play action we're going to hit big plays and you don't see that so much out of the rams this year uh, and and i think a lot of it has to do with their issues on the offensive line obviously they've had you know whitworth retires they've had some guys injured that affects it but i look up and i see the rams and did you know that they're only running for 58 yards a game. Right. I mean, that's like 31st in the league, I think. And the Rams and Sean McVay's offense, it it goes when the running game is going. So that's what they feed off of. They feed off of play action. But if they're only rushing for 58 yards a game, that means the running game is ineffective. You know what, I don't we've, know seen, if, you know what we've seen, though, in past years? Yeah. We've had the same conversation. Yeah. Early in the year, we've had the exact same conversation. And Eric says it all the time, you've got to run the football. And early in the year, for whatever reason, with the Rams, Rodney, we see a tendency not to run the ball. Yeah, and it's um, and he had this in in, in the Super Bowl where at some point you got to make adjustments, but also you have to stick to it. And you mentioned Eric because we talk about it as well that sometimes it's not going to look pretty. Sometimes you you know in the first quarter you may have five yards or six yards or ten yards rushing, but you got to continue it. You can't abandon the run. Because in the first quarter, first half, you're not being successful. That is what your offense is predicated on, is play action and being able to run the football. So if you've only rushed for 30 yards in the first half, you can't always all of a sudden come out in the second half and just abandon the run. So we've seen that from them in the first two games. Um, Do you have any concerns about Stafford? Um, a little. He doesn't look right to me. I don't know about you on the eye test. He doesn't quite look right. Um, and he's always kind of been that gunslinger, but it, the balls are not as sharp. I, even you know, especially in that Buffalo game, he made some throws that, like, or Matthew Stafford maybe rookie year Matthew Stafford, where they were way behind guys, balls sailing all over him. And when balls start to sail from a quarterback's perspective, that's usually something's going on with your arm, and you're compensating for something. And I don't know, I'm, I'm not in that locker room, I'm not in the training room, but I do believe that that elbow is affecting him in the, in the way he's throwing the football. Uh, all right, defensively now against Kyler Murray. 
and you know you you just try to contain him and keep him in the pocket yeah when a guy that runs a lot like Kyler Murray and he's a fantastic runner I mean he and Lamar Jackson are on a different level well I put Josh Allen in there now too on a different level than everybody else because they're quarterbacks that don't just run when they're forced to they run and have runs that are designed for them and Kyler Murray as much as people want to say oh yeah you want to contain you want to contain which you do uh, he can still be effective inside the pocket the big thing when you have a smaller quarterback, and I think we touched it on this the other day, the big thing with smaller quarterbacks is vision, you know, and can they see downfield? Don't give them many lanes. And this could work out very well for the Rams, but the only way it can work out is if Jones and Leonard Floyd get the push on the outside to allow Aaron Donald to have that push in the middle. The worst thing for a quarterback, and I know because I played the position, you can handle the guys, Fred, coming from the outside. You can handle the edge rushers because you can step up. But if Aaron Donald is plugging that middle and coming at you from the inside, that's when the real problems are, are happening. So if Aaron Donald can get that, that push and Floyd and, and Jones can and keep him contained in the pocket from the outside, that is the best recipe for the Rams. Um, offensively, though, for, for, for the Rams, can they hold up? Can they hold up that offensive line, hold up for Matthew Stafford? Because J.J. Watt is still J.J. Watt, and they got some good pass rushers on that side. I don't know. I like the Rams in the game. I like them to win. But I do have some some question marks and a bit of hesitation. I, I, I think it's week three. We've got to see the Rams play like the Rams now. Yeah. My hesitation, too, with the Rams is that, you know, last year we could say they they were – they got to be a point where they were pretty dominant, and we haven't seen that yet, and I know it's early in the season. But even on the back end, even Jalen Ramsey, he made the big play last week, but there we've seen him break down in some coverages and get beat on some plays. And and the Cardinals, they have a nice young receiving core, uh, you know, with A.J. Green, and you got Hollywood Brown there that can make some plays. We saw that last week when they played the Raiders, that they got a dynamic group of receivers that can make plays, and so can that Rams secondary hold up? Okay, now let's switch to the Chargers and Jaguars. Uh, on paper, you're thinking, well, this should be pretty easy for the Chargers. But, you know, Jacksonville's not bad. They're a young team. You don't know really what you're going to get, and – Again, I don't think they're going to make a decision on Justin Herbert until game time. And that would indicate to me, Rodney, that he's not going to play. And maybe it's best he doesn't play this one. Yeah, when they say game time decision, it usually is, you kind of believe that when it's any other position. But when you talk about quarterback and it's a game time decision, it does usually lean to what you just said, that he's probably not going to play, or at least they're leaning to not playing him. Because it's pretty difficult for a quarterback to go through the week and not prepare and then go out and play. And if they're saying that it's a game time, then I, I got to take that more leaning towards he may not play. Now, Chase Daniel, he's been a backup forever, right? He hasn't seen much game time action. And maybe if they are deciding to sit Justin Herbert in, in, a, in a game this season where it's 50-50, this is probably the game that they should sit him. Because they got Jacksonville, no disrespect to Jacksonville. They had a big win last week. Uh, but they're still a building young franchise with a young quarterback still, uh, first-year head coach. And although we, we love Doug Peterson, he's been on the show, he's a great coach, won a Super Bowl, I think they still have a, a little ways to go. And this is a perfect time 
if you're going to rest Justin Herbert, rest him in this game. Well, and now uh, when you look at the Chargers and their offense, no Justin Herbert, but I mean Austin Eckler there, uh, Mike Williams there, you know, I'm sure they'll try to, I would think, and, and you would know this, if you could have Chase Daniel play, uh, refine the game plan a bit yeah. and, and make it a bit simpler, maybe run the ball more? You would think so. Uh, you know, again, he's he's a veteran, so how much are you really going to change the playbook? And it, it doesn't really matter how long a guy's been in the league. If you don't play, it's kind of like golf, Brad. If you, if you can say, I've been playing golf since I was 15 years old, but if you don't play on a regular basis, your game is going to suck. And so if he, haven't, he hasn't been into any game type, type of action, there's going to be a level of rust with Chase Daniel. I, I don't care who you are. If you don't play, there's going to be rust on you. So, yes, you would think that they would lean on the running game, but the, the, the crazy part is that we have yet to, to kind of get Austin Eckler going. Right? He has very little touches. He's not running the ball. They're taking him out in the red zone. Um, Kelly has actually been more effective than him in the running game, but they just got to get him the ball because we've seen when they get him the ball, whether they hand it to him or whether they get it to him out of the backfield as a receiver, he can be very effective. And he is that weapon. He's that safety net for Justin Herbert or even Chase Daniel if he happens to play. Why do we see at this point in the year, uh, you know, we talked about the Rams' lack of a running game. Now you talk about the fact that Eckler's not getting as many touches. Why do we see this? Why do we seem to see that early in the year? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. It's baffling because you go into every season and and you hear Sean McVay and you, you and Brandon Staley, I'm sure too, will say, "We've got to run the football. We want to be balanced. We're going to do this. We're going to commit to this." And then the games start and they go away from it. Um, for the Chargers to be successful, and as good as, as Justin Herbert is, they have to also be able to run the football. But sometimes coaches get caught up into, I got this big, tall, sweet quarterback, and it's a big, shiny toy. I'm going to let him loose, and they abandon the run. When that is the way that you can control the clock and the way that you can kind of keep on rhythm and keep on schedule. And so to abandon and not get Austin Eckler involved is a mistake, and they need to find a way to do that this week against Jacksonville, which is not going to be easy because, remember, Jacksonville, they did shut out the Colts. I mean, the Colts are, you know, they're, they're trying to find themselves, too, with a new quarterback in Matt Ryan, but they did beat them 24 to nothing. And so they, they are doing some pretty good things on defense. So the way to help that and help uh, Chase Daniel, Daniel if he starts is to run the football. Okay, now we've got uh, the Raiders and Titans, two 0-2 teams. Yesterday we talked about if you start 0-2, what your real shot is to make the playoffs. So this, it's week three, but it's a critical game for both of these teams. Critical, critical. I would say, and we did, you know, we talked about those 0-2 teams and the Raiders were in that conversation, and so were the Titans. This is a must, must win. And... I say it's a more of a must-win for the Raiders than it is the Titans. Look, the Raiders are going there. The Titans, as we talked about yesterday, play in a division which I think they could start 0-3 and come back and win that division. I mean, they've got the Colts, they've got the Texans, and they got the Jaguars in their division. They could very well <laughs> be 7-10 and and win that division. So I don't think the urgency is, is on the, uh, the Titans as much as it is the Raiders. The Raiders as we've said all along and before the season starts, playing the toughest division in football. They can't afford to be 0-3. 0-2, 
for them to make the playoffs now is a is a long shot. But to be 0 and 3, uh-uh. And again, it goes back when you look at the Raiders, Fred. They don't run the football anymore. They don't run the football. I think they're averaging less less than seven or less than 80 yards rushing, somewhere around 72 yards rushing a game. And you can't be affected. You can't put it all on Derek Carr to bail you out of situations. But there's no way in the world the Raiders being up 20 at home against the Cardinals should lose that game. Now, we don't know if in that game it was all Kyler Murray putting the the team on his back and bringing them back and doing everything, or was it real breakdowns in the Raiders' defense and offense that allowed the Cardinals to win that game? Because Kyler Murray can do some things that other quarterbacks can't, so it's kind of maybe get a, a false sense of reality with him. But still, 20 to nothing, you can't lose that game at home. Josh McDaniel, uh, second stint now as a head coach. And uh, does it take time for a team to gel under a new head coach? Because, I mean, this is really his big shot, and it was handed a pretty good roster. Yeah, this is his probably last shot, um, given given the history and where he, what happened in Denver and then what happened again and that second attempt to be a head coach, that, that debacle. Um, so this is this is really it for him. And, yeah, it does take time. It does take time to adjust to a new head coach, a way of doing things, habits, especially when you've got somewhat of a veteran team, which the Raiders do have, uh, and, and a veteran quarterback kind of getting used to that as well. But to me, we just talked about Matthew Stafford, and he doesn't look right. Their car doesn't look right either. Their car down the stretch last year put that team on his back and got him into the playoffs and really saved that, you know, in an organization that was in turmoil, he was the one that kept everything together and got those guys into a playoff uh, playoff game. So when I look at him in the first two games against the Chargers and against the Cardinals, he doesn't, he doesn't look like the same Derek Carr. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is what you said. That's a new coaching staff, new head coach, new system, and he, it's going to take some time to adjust. But unfortunately for the Raiders, they don't have that time for it. I'll tell you, a big game on Sunday night, the 49ers and the Broncos. And, uh, yes. you know, Jimmy G will be playing quarterback for the 49ers, obviously. And Russell Wilson uh, trying to help turn that team around up there. If Denver doesn't win that game, yeah, I got to tell you. In trouble. I think they're in huge trouble. And I didn't think, Rodney, before the season started, they would be as good as people said they would. Yeah, we both said that. We both said that. We both, like... Yeah, Denver's going to be fourth in that division um, because I didn't believe that they were just a quarterback away from being a really good football team or a Super Bowl contending football team. And we've seen that. Russell, you talk about uncomfortable. Russell Wilson looks probably the most uncomfortable in terms of quarterback play of veteran guys in the league right now. And they will be in real trouble if they lose this game, which I think they will, Fred. I think the 49ers defensively, we'll get after him. The worst thing that happened to 49er opponents is that Jimmy G's back playing quarterback. Right. And so, uh, look, they were boos in Denver towards Russell Wilson last game. So, I, you know, this is a huge game for him and, uh, and first-year head coach because they're talking about Nathaniel Hackett as being a guy way over his skis and not, not sure about what he's doing. And it could be a disaster this year. They paid him all the money. Uh, he was supposed to be the savior. 
And now that team doesn't look very good, Fred. Rogan and Rodney. AM, AM 570. 570. LA Sports. LA Sports. Sunday, big day of NFL football, and we are back to wrap it up after this. Hey, don't forget, opening weekend of the Autumn Racing Meet at Santa Anita Park kicks off next Friday, September 30th. Santa Anita Park has given you a chance to win four VIP tickets to Santa Anita's Oktoberfest trackside and a VIP tour and $100 betting voucher. Go to am570lasports.com, keyword Oktoberfest to enter. All right, Ronnie, Kevin, thank you. A terrific week. Rodney, you have a good weekend, and we'll talk Monday. Right on, Freddie.